it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to episode number 247 as we head towards 250, which we'll have something special for. Might be so special we'll get Cameron back from the USA. Cameron's away being a Chargers influencer, and that makes five of them. Hopefully they'll have a nice time and a nice dinner together somewhere. But while he is in LA, I am joined by Ian Stephen, Gordon McGuinness, and Jamie Borthwick, our resident Giants fan. Jamie, I'm glad you're here. That had to be one of the worst games of football and I only saw overtime I was blissfully unaware because I was watching the Saints I was blissfully unaware of how bad the Jets Giants was in your journalistic tome tell me how bad it was Uh, I mean it was great if you love punters like (laughs) the, the The, the punting on display was 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 quite something. In fact, no. In fact, even the punting fell apart for the Giants. The Jets punted very well. Um, I think it was that they said it was the most the most punts in a game for twenty years or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. But it was up around twenty five or twenty six punts in the game by the end. Um, yeah, th- there was something like two third down conversions, um, and I suppose the most. Um, talked about stat line was the Giants final passing total of minus nine yards um, and it was absolutely bucketing down as well the, the faces of the people in the crowd were uh, absolutely uh, uh, hilarious um, I didn't find it all that funny myself but nor was I nor was I like massively gutted I was far more um um, engaged in in the the tight one against Washington um, because there was actually felt like there was something riding on this after watching and I did watch the vast majority of the game um, and seeing the defense actually hold up really very well um, but um, poor Tommy DeVito um, nominally playing at quarterback but I mean just about anyone could have done the handoff after handoff. <laughs> and by the end, I just I wasn't engaged anymore. Like in any other circumstance, it would have been a dramatic ending that that really put me down. But honestly, it was just it was it was a nonsense. Jamie, I watched the the overtime. Now, twice he tried to throw to Saquon Barkley. Now, I'm not an expert in this, but I thought Barkley was a running back. And if you were going to do anything, perhaps controversially, give him the damn ball and let him run. Given the amount that you champ on about Alvin Kamara the fact that you've suddenly just discovered that you can also get a running back involved in the passing game is quite incredible Can I tell you, that's the voice of Gordon McGuinness who earlier on this week would be amazed if anybody picked McCaffrey over Kamara, that was his exact words in our chat, now to be fair he did retract them later but I do have that as a message and it's there Gordon, talk to me about DeVito, seven passing attempts, two completions, 28%, touchdown to interception, zero to zero, minus one passing yards, 39.5 passer rating, rushing yards, 12, rushing touchdowns, one. If Danny DeVito had played quarterback and threw the ball into the ground every single snap, they would have had pretty much the exact same passer rating, which I think sums it up. Was it just that the coaches had got no confidence in him whatsoever? What, what was the issue? I, I watched a couple of his early incompletions and it's kind of what you would expect from a, a, a guy who's an undrafted free agent and basically just imagined that he was going to be sitting on a practice squad really close to where he's from for a year and had been elevated for, I think, two weeks and then is suddenly thrown into a game. And, you know, he's he's got he's got a, he's got a fine kind of, you know, mechanics to his game, but the speed of it is far too much for him. He was standing there and he looked... He, Every single pass was telegraphed, and so therefore it, it was if not getting close to an interception, it was being batted down. And I think Mike Kafka's looked at that and gone, "This isn't going to get any better." The Jets do actually have a good defense; they've got they've got a, a um, good DBs in there. And they went, "There's no point in trying to let him build his passing game here." They had to go ultra conservative and lean on their their own defense, which was really playing well. And in those conditions, in that scenario, that's what they decided to go with. So <laughs> I think it's really, really harsh to make fun of DeVito in this circumstance. It's not a position he expected to be in. It's probably not a position he even wanted to be in. 
It's interesting. We've seen some other quarterbacks come in off practice scores and do well, but I mean, there's a lot to it. And I think you're right about the speed. Jamie, I'll come back to you. Would you have kicked the field goal or would you have gone to win the game? Uh, no, I, I would have. I would have gone to win the game as well, uh, especially seeing as um, Graham Gano is basically on a gammy leg that needs an operation. Uh, he hasn't been himself uh, at all, um, and it was just it was it was that sort of a game. There was crazy stuff going on all over the place. So yeah, to to, to go the the boring route and just try and get it done is exactly what they should have done. Um, but you know what? It makes it makes the rest of the season so much clearer for the Giants, and um, they're already. Um, Hitting the sales and um, getting uh, a lot of big earners, or well, one big earner now uh, has just been announced, and Leonard Williams, and there's going to be more on the on the on the trade. Though while we're talking about it, uh, I really like the compensation the Giants are getting here, like getting a second round pick in return for a guy you probably weren't going to be able to re-sign anyway. uh, Just sets them up pretty well for the future in, you know, the continued rebuild. Yeah, I mean, he's got nearly 40 sacks. Yeah, 40 sacks, 162 quarterback hits, six forced fumbles, four four fumble recoveries, 132 games. He is uh, a pretty good pickup, I suspect. Jamie, are you going to have to go out and find a quarterback somewhere? Mm, the draft. Daniel Jones has a chance. And the draft, yes. Daniel Jones has a chance of being back this week. Possibly, probably more likely next week. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I doubt it. I doubt it. it. It doesn't look like they're in any mood to go and spend any more money. The The next kind of 24 hours is going to be about getting as much off their books as they can and getting as much draft capital as they can because uh, they need a lot more help than they thought they did. Um, it's a shame because it will break up a lot of parts of what is actually a, a Decent and fairly well functioning defense, but um, they've got a, a lot, of, a lot of young guys in there that are going to be around for a while and will continue to get better. And um, it's sad; it's another rebuild. the The rebuild just seems to continue and continue and continue. But that's, Bar- that's where Barclays the franchises end one. up. Barclays the yeah, interesting Barclays one. Barclays very because, interesting because, like you, you know, would they try and keep them around long term? Possibly they didn't manage to get it done last year. Do you now try and trade them? The danger of this podcast is that anything we're talking about uh, is out of date by the time the podcast comes out when there potentially have been some other trades, but Barclay would be a really interesting one. Yeah, we're recording on a Monday night because of various uh, pieces of work that we've got to do through the week. Let's have a look. Buccaneers down by the Bills, 24-18. The Cowboys blew the Rams away, 43-20. The Vikings, Packers, the Vikings winning at Lambeau, which I don't think came as a great surprise to anybody. But we've now got the problem for the Vikings is their quarterback is down. He looks likely done for the season. They've got a chance of winning their division. Do they now go and find a potential trade? That's one of the questions. Uh, there is no awards this week because we're recording quite quickly, but we did ask some of our Patreon subscribers to give us some questions. And one question is, you know, will they look potentially now at Ryan Tannehill? Because his time may be done uh, where he is in Tennessee. Would would the Vikings do well to take him for a, for a short period of time? Why not? Like, if you're the Vikings, the best thing you can do now, and this is true of any any team, if you lose your starting quarterback, Brian Tannehill is not taking the Vikings to the Super Bowl. So at that point, play your fifth round rookie, whoever it is, Jaron Hall, I think his name is, or I don't know if he's a rookie, but he's young enough anyway. Play him, have a higher draft pick. If your draft pick's high enough, then you go and get a quarterback because Cousins is out of contract at the end of this year. If you don't get high enough for a quarterback and there's nothing available as a trade option, then you can bring Cousins back for another couple of years. I just don't... There's no quarterback available that you can trade for mid-season who is going to be that successful for you. Well, I'll, I'll pitch a name out there. Jameis Winston, former number one draft pick, <laughs> not currently starting <laughs> with the Saints. Who wants him? I mean, that's a serious question. Would anybody go for him? Because, you know, you're looking at Tannehill, you're looking at Winston as the potentials if somebody is serious about trying to find a quarterback. I mean, if you want to win a couple more games towards the end of the season, but why? Like, you, you should be pragmatic about this and you should understand that 
the drop off from Cousins to anyone you're going to get out there, be it Winston, be it Tannehill, is probably three, four games minimum, which point you're not going to make the playoffs. Or if you do, you're going to be the seven seed and you're going to get bounced straight away. Like, I, I know it's really difficult for NFL teams and general managers to have a kind of negative thought like that. But sometimes your best just, and you know, obviously it depends on how much pressure's on people. But have a conversation with ownership. We're punting in the year. It's it's the it's the longer term term equivalent of it's third and the Vikings are in third and twenty five now. Do they have a, do they have a play that's going to get them twenty five yards? Probably not. Punt the ball. You'll be stronger next year for it. So the Packers downed at home. The Falcons lost to the Titans, who moved to 3-4. They're 3-1 at home, 28-23. The Saints were the final way win at the Colts. Um, they actually threw a couple of long touchdowns. It was actually quite nice to watch. Dolphins took care of the Patriots. We've mentioned the Jets-Giants, that awful overtime game. Jaguars-Steelers. Ian, Steelers are another team who have lost their starting quarterback, but it might not be as bad as, as they suspected for Kenny Pickett. Who's the backup for Pittsburgh? Trubisky. The Mitch Trubisky. Oh, Trubisky. Um, <laughs> so so the, the, this is an audio podcast. Yeah, this is an audio podcast. So I'll just describe that Ian just came up with a, just the biggest, cheesiest smile on his face if to say, well, Mitch Trubisky ain't doing much for the Steelers. Am I correct? You're replacing vanilla with eggshell. So. <laughs> you, you're a you're a quote machine on this podcast tonight. Just yeah, just just move on. They're, they're doing nothing. A, a team okay. that are especially, especially in that especially in that division. You see how good the Bengals are, and how good the Ravens are. The Steelers should just accept they're finishing eight and nine. And a, a team that are destined to pick sixteenth in the NFL draft. Yeah. Let's it's, a shame, it's, a shame, it's a shame because Pickens is like one of the best wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. I think he's fantastic, and if he had a good quarterback, you'd be seeing ridiculous numbers coming out of him. Well, not to be at the moment. Your Eagles struggled against the Commanders, Ian, but you're still 7-1. and one. What were your thoughts on that? I felt that the Eagles struggled against the Commanders, but were still 7-1, and one, which is good. It was... Uh, the, <laughs> the It wasn't just me that can't get their name right. The broadcast team kept calling them the illegal racist name. Um, I felt quite empowered by that. It's not just me that wishes they would just completely disappear from the NFL and be replaced by a franchise in Mexico City. It would make it easier for everyone. Um, I keep doing it as well, but then when I went to Prague, I kept calling it Czechoslovakia. It's just something I can't get out of my head, despite the fact that it, they've been the Czech Republic since I was about eight. It's embedded deep there, Jamie. It's embedded. Can we blame Cameron for this? Did Cameron have an influence over you in, in a geography class at some point? <laughs> well, he wouldn't have been able to say it right for a start. <laughs> oh, jeez. The safest place to be in this podcast is actually on the podcast. Never take a week off this podcast. It can be brutal. And Charles, if you're listening... Your, your bit's still to come. I am absolutely sure. Uh, Texans, Panthers, Panthers sorry, getting just, their first victory. Sorry, just to jump in there with the, the Eagles game, like for the last four or five games, the opposition have said, right, we're going to stop the Eagles running. We're going to force them to pass. Um, that's our best uh, bet to win. And uh, AJ Brown's now set the record for consecutive games with 125 yards or more receiving. Um, so it's about the time the NFL learned that maybe just start doubling him and maybe just let the Eagles run the ball because he's um, just absolutely on the tear. And a couple of his catches were ridiculous. He had no right to catch them. The cornerbacks had perfect coverage. He's up there for offensive player of the season award. Yeah, yeah. He is, however, open to the idea that the earth is flat, um, which is a, just a, a fascinating little side note from AJ Brown this week. I, I won't accept people who think the earth is flat, but the ones who believe in the uh, like the ice shelf that goes around, I'm all I'm all about that. That's a that's people <laughs> that have properly committed to the to the craft on that. Uh, I also love the fact that the Eagles did the the little counterplay from the tush push they've for a season and a half now annoyed everyone with the tush push or the brotherly shove line up but then hand it to the running back going off the side i thought that was very clever and a good way to noise up everyone who 
just hasn't been able to stop it. They actually got that wrong because the running back should have taken knee, a knee at the one and then we could have ran out the clock. He didn't. He scored and it allowed... Basically, the Redskins had an onside kick to try and get the ball back to try and equalise, so he should have actually uh, taken the, the knee in that one. I hope you marked them down uh, in pro football. Focus, Gordon, I hope he's... But, ooh, you should have taken a knee there. Mm, take so a, we, we take off a decimal. We we yeah we wouldn't wouldn't downgrade them unless like you knew. So if the coaches have said afterwards like yeah they, we should have taken a knee, then we would. But it's a little bit like not knowing, not knowing what the assignment was. Was he told do, before? Do, do, do you just downgrade players who you feel might support a rival Scottish football team? Yeah, and anyone anyone who's ever said anything negative about the company, a downgrade automatically. Um, anyone who is on a team of someone who says anything negative about me or the Ravens in the Patreon group gets automatically downgraded. It's a it's a very uh, you know a very um, strategic system. Well, you're joking about this, Gordon, but I used to do the player ratings for like News of the World, and the players would take it very seriously. And uh, if, if I didn't like the player's boots, he was getting uh, marked down. If he used to play for Rangers, he was getting marked down. And there was no, there was no actual me focusing on the game and giving cards. We we, we did you bl- blank me after the game for not getting a, a for an interview. That's you get three points marked off. That's you get four <laughs> out of ten. You scored a hat trick, but you still get four out of ten. We um we did have a thing last. Towards the end of last season, I think, when uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend on his podcast said that players would pay us to get better grades. Um, and it's not it's not true. It's like a rumor that goes around the NFL. We wound up, we spoke to uh, Will Compton and Taylor Luan from Barstool Sports bussing with the boys. Uh, just one of those, how do you do fellow kids uh, names to pronounce there. Um and they, I think they were able to tell us, like, it, they were able to connect the dots for which player it came from. It was just a funny little, funny little thing. Talking of Taylor Swift's boyfriend, uh, the Broncos defeating the Chiefs 24-9 and the Broncos blasting out Taylor Swift at the end of the game was utter bobaggery and wonderful. We applaud them for it. Uh, one of the questions we got in uh, from our Patreon folks was, how brilliant is Sean Payton? Obviously fantastic, so I don't think we need to go into that anymore. Uh, the Seahawks with the brilliant throwbacks. I uh, should have mentioned the Titans with the great throwbacks as well. The Seahawks defeating the Browns 24-20. You, do, you like, do you like those Seahawks jerseys, Paul, really? I think they're amazing. They're brilliant. Yeah, I don't I don't like them at all. What colour do you think they are, Paul? <laughs> I, I, well, I think they're blue, but they could be anything. <laughs> I think they're blue. What an evil laugh by Ian there. <laughs> <laughs> what what colour do you think you are, you simple colourblind man? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He's going for it. Jamie, did I, you were telling me uh, in our chat that are the, the NFL going after a college team for these Oilers throwbacks? I, yeah, University of Houston wore very similar colours um, in a, in a um, throwback game. Um, you know, apparently that sort of powder blue colour is one that's quite sort of associated with the the city. It's slightly different, different stripes, but it's that it's that powder blue and red. And um, the local press in Houston today have reported and said that they have seen the letter from the NFL issuing a cease and desist to the University of Houston for wearing colours too similar to the Houston Oilers um, on, on the same weekend as the, the, the Titans did one. So um, lots of fun league back at it again. This this screams of um, Victoria Adams slash Beckham trying to sue Peterborough because they, their nickname's Posh. That, that's, what it, that's what it screams <laughs> of. It's, it's just like, what are you... You gave up the rights. As soon as you moved your, your franchise out of the city, as soon as you devastated your thousands of fans who loyally paid for tickets and merchandise over the years that it invested emotionally, as soon as you ripped that heart out of that city, you gave up the rights to dictate what colour anybody could play in. That's tremendous. While we're talking about it, it's slightly irrelevant. The NFL UK tweeted a picture of what looked like half a dozen Chargers influencers. For some reason, Cameron wasn't amongst them. And they said, where would you rather be? Option one, on a packed tube train during rush hour or option two in here. The replies included 
six feet under pref would be preferable. Um, this one's easy. Give me a packed tube train. Uh, definitely on the tube, Mikey, is walking to work. Um, what's the other one that I liked? I'm just trying to scroll down. I'd like to be on a packed tube after a curry and a few drinks, uh, which would be much, much better. Uh, easy packed in a train with real people and not these fake idiots. Um I just love it. I absolutely love that they got absolutely mauled for that. Anyway, horrible stuff. I don't know if Cameron met the influencers. We'll no doubt find out if he comes back with a powder blue jersey. Um, Gordon, the Ravens took care of the Cardinals, but the Cardinals had a wee bit of a rally towards the end. A little bit. It's not... Uh, you weren't worried. No, it's one of those rare games whereby I don't think my heart rate was ever above resting throughout the entire game. It wasn't. Beating the Cardinals is not something you should get excited about, so there was no point in that game where I was really fired up, unlike the week before. And then even towards the end, even when they got the onside kick, which, to be fair, was a phenomenal kick by the, I think, Matt Prater, the Cardinals kicker, puts it in the ground and it leaps up and Nail Snaglor goes full, you know, unable to catch the baby. Um, and even at that point, it was like, they're, they're not going to drive all the way down and score. It's fine. Are you are you allowed to are you allowed to drop kick a kickoff? Uh yes, I think so. Because surely like uh, the version of a rugby restart would be far more preferable to try and retain possession from an onside kick. I think even if it's a drop kick though, I think it has to hit the ground after it leaves your foot. I don't yeah. know. I need to look into it. I think you're right. We will let you look into that, but I, I do think you're right. Can I just jump back to the Broncos Chiefs? I mean, there was much being made of this is going to be a snow game. Now, again, I'm no expert, but I didn't think there was too much snow kicking around on the field. So there there that... was in Denver, to be fair, but it was one of those yeah. ones whereby it stopped snowing early enough that they could clear the clear the field. But we then had uh, Patrick Mahomes had the flu, temperature of 102 and all of this sort of stuff. He didn't look right. Or did the Broncos just play a good game? Is that 102 in Celsius? He was on fire, my friend. He was on fire. I um, I don't think he should have played. Like, that high a temperature, it's really cold. Uh, like, there was no value in them in, in playing him. Um, and it, it played a part in them losing the game. I, the Broncos, though, like I, I get it. It's going to be a tough season in Denver. Like it's a little bit tin pot when you're acting like you've won a championship for beating a division rival midway through the season. But it probably is a reflection of how the seasons, how the last two seasons have gone for Denver. Yeah, Denver's, I mean, they, quite, Denver's quite interesting because they're one of the teams where everybody's surmising they're going to have a massive fire sale and get rid of players. But Peyton's insisting today, no, we're not. We're not going to trade anyone. So I don't know whether that one against the Chiefs has kind of just changed their thinking a little bit because it looked like they would clear house effectively and, and try and retool for next season because there's no way they're going to get anywhere near the playoffs. I mean, when you look at it, they've got the Bills coming up, the Vikings, the Browns, the Texans, the Chargers. I mean, there's potentially some wins in there, but yeah, we, we shall see where, where they decide to go from there. Um, the Bengals, defeating the 49ers, was that a shock, Gordon? Are we seeing the Bengals returning to the form that we're expecting them to come to? It is a little bit the Bengals were very good, um, and we've seen the signs of that in the past couple of weeks. Um, in our in our Patreon group, uh, Scotty Gibb is giving it the old, no, no one believed in us, blah, 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 nonsense. The Bengals are one of the best teams in the AFC on their day, and they're going to be a, a proper contender. Despite the fact the Ravens have got a couple of game leads, the Bengals are still a major factor in the AFC North, and I think it'll come down to the wire. Uh, it's also partly because... Rock Purdy is pish. <laughs> well, is is he reverting to what we suspect he might be and he's just been playing above? So he's playing the exact same way. It's just that the first five weeks of the season, whatever it was, he got lucky that his bad throws didn't get picked off. And the last three weeks, he's not got lucky and his bad throws have been picked off. So the truth is somewhere in the middle. He is not, he is not as I said, pish. He is a perfectly average quarterback. He's also not a player that we had to listen to people talk about as an MVP five weeks into the season. 
<laughs> he's just Jimmy Garoppolo, Mark too. Yes, and it's just exactly a less the same. a less handsome Jimmy Garoppolo. There are worse things in the world to be. We're obviously recording this on Monday, so we don't know the Lions against the Raiders. But if Jimmy Garoppolo would score 26 let's, points in my fantasy team, that would be pretty nice of him. Let, let's make an educated guess and congratulate the, the Lions on that victory over the Raiders. <laughs> so the, the Lions moving nicely to 6-2 and two with that great win over the Raiders. Cracking game. Absolutely tremendous. Gents, we need to pick a team of the week. Uh, we can rule out the quarterbacks in New York, uh, but there's still a few others. Who caught the eye and would be our quarterback this week? Dak Prescott would be my pick. I thought he was phenomenal against the Rams. Uh, don't really have much else to say other than that. He was very Dak good. Dak's who I had in mind. I mean, he was set up with some brilliant defensive play, but yeah, I thought I thought he looked excellent. He does this now and again during the season, doesn't he? Where he, he looks absolutely terrific. Um, but you just kind of know that uh, it's lurking around the corner as a, another stinker. 304 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, CD Lamb, 12 receptions, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Does that mean he's one of our receivers? Oh, CD Lamb has to be in there, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. wait. AJ Brown, we're allowed three. We're allowed three. No, 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 no. You've just completely skipped ahead. Like Jalen Hurts had a better passer rating, more yards than Dak, and didn't throw an interception. And you've went to Dak. The the, inter, the interception's a bit harsh on Dak. It was like a little bit behind, but it's a tip ball that gets picked. It's not it's not a true it wasn't a oh that's a terrible throw interception. And Joe Burrow only threw Burrow, four Burrow was good as well. Incomplete passes mm-hmm. against arguably the best defense in the league. But surely you can't give it to Jalen Hurts because the other quarterback threw for more yards and four touchdowns as well in that game. So he was the second best quarterback in that game. Yeah, but the interception. <laughs> and that's, that, that's what does passer ratings. That's what will pull a passer rating right down. Yeah, yeah. In fact, okay, well, in fact, in terms of coming out and playing your first NFL game and getting a passer rating of 130, Will Levis, could he be the um, quarterback for the team? Will Levis, I thought, was... Pretty good for a rookie. Um, I think his stats got inflated a little bit, and no, his stats got inflated a lot by some pretty ridiculous vintage DeAndre Hopkins. Like a couple of those throws that were touchdowns probably shouldn't have been touchdowns if not for a pretty impressive play by Hopkins. I tell you what, it'll be very interesting to see how Will Levitt does over the next few weeks because obviously they should ride with him and we'll see where he goes. We'll go into a little bit more depth with him there. I think we'll we'll stick with Dak Prescott just now. Let's look at AJ Brown, CD Lamb. Do we have a third receiver that stands out? I think it should go to one of your boys. I think this might be the first time all season and probably will be the last that I recommend a Saints player for Team of the Week. Uh, Rashid Shahid. He only had three targets, but they were all about 50 yards and he finished with 152 yards, something like that, and a touchdown. First Saints player to do that till, since threat. the 80s. Uh, yeah, three three receiving uh, receptions, 153 yards, and nobody was more shocked than me that the ball was actually thrown downfield. Um, but th- that was that was nice. We'll take that. Uh, running back, Ian, who caught your eye in terms of running back? I mean, Derek Henry went over 100 yards in that win, for example. You know, he, he did all right. It was, it was actually, just looking through, I don't think it was a great week for, for running backs. Same, same as last week as well. It was pretty... Um, Kind of sparse. Uh, Joe Mixon played really well. Jonathan Taylor as well. Uh, you know, if an eight, eight yard a carry average against New Orleans, that's a good defense. Um, maybe go with Jonathan Taylor. Does Gus Edwards come into this, Gordon, with the three touchdowns? Probably not, because I think the it's the three touchdowns that kind of push it up, and most of them were shorter. Yeah. He was he was fine though. Interestingly, to um, Ian's point, overall rushing efficiency is like incredibly low this season. I don't think, I don't think run blocking's at the level it's been um, across the league in a while, and there's no running backs that are really separate and stuff. Also, I think we should point out, 
Paul, you can tell how much you enjoy the Team of the Week segment by just how quickly you batter through <laughs> it. Last last time Cameron was out, you just flat out avoided it. This time he made you do it, so you just absolutely battered through. Someone suggests a name. Fine, I, he could be in Team of the Week. Let's move on. I, it's because I've got so many great questions um, from our listeners that I want to put to you. That That's why. Tight end. Do we have... It really isn't it. Probably Kettle. Njoku for Cleveland was really good as well. Mm. So which do we prefer for our team of the week? Because I wouldn't like to rush and make a decision on this without fully going into it. It's probably Kettle, yardage-wise. And offensive line, Ian, you're you're our offensive line guru. Do you know something? I actually thought last night, I said, this team is 100% the team that should get uh, offensive line Award and I completely forgotten who it was. I thought of. was Denver. I can't remember any of the games. I was watching it and I was thinking oh, it's definitely them, but then, um, uh, well, a- any other suggestions than, than Denver? I mean, Denver did a pretty good job. To be fair, Russell Wilson did get sacked six times. That's probably a lot on him. To be fair as well. Mm. Yeah, but I think you're right, because when you look at the sacks, he was holding onto the ball for an inordinate amount of time. Um, so if if not then, well, Ian, if you if you can come back with a counter before the end of the uh, the end of the podcast, I'll run through at that time. Let's see, I've got loads of questions that, that I want to get into um, that, that people have um, chucked our way. Um, so let's start with this. What team absolutely needs to make a big trade? Who to push them over the top is going to need a part? Can we just read out like every single uh, name of the team in the NFL, just so that when the kind of listeners listen to it, we actually say their their team and they go, "We might make a trade." That we need to hook everybody in. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no one's you probably the answer. Like no, no one is. You're not a player away in the NFL. I. Maybe a controversial one. If there's one team who need to make a trade, I think the Kansas City Chiefs need to do something at wide receiver because outside of Kittle at tight end, they don't really Kelsey. have... Sorry, Kelsey at tight end. They don't really well, have... Maybe, maybe they're going to trade for Kittle. Maybe, maybe they will. just let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> and why are you holding a cat in a bag? That's very cruel, Gordon. Well, I'm a dog person, so... <laughs> There we go. Uh, okay, so that's that. So, Ian, this one's for you. Do Philadelphia add more strength to their secondary or pull in a power running back? I think it's neither. I think they're looking at linebacker. Um, although Nicobe Dean had a good game, I think he did 12 tackles. Josie Jewell from um, Denver was the name that was doing the rounds, but I don't know if Denver are playing hardball or not. Um, and traditionally, the, the Eagles have brought in running backs around the trade deadline or defensive ends. They're trying to ship Derek Barnett, so they could see somebody coming in if they ship him, but I think if anywhere, it would be a linebacker. Okay, we'll just continue the quick-fire questions. That was from Ross. Uh, Jamie, you are honorary Charles Patterson uh, for this podcast. You'd be thrilled at that. Um, James immediately rolled up his left trouser leg. Did Aaron Rodgers cover up all of the coaching deficiencies of the walking human wet white Matt Lafleur and human toilet Joe Barry in Green Bay? Very measured question there from Kendall. Very measured. Matt Lafleur excites quite a quite a lot of emotion, doesn't he, uh, among Packers fans? Um, Aaron Rodgers covered up um, a, a lot of sins at the uh, Green Bay over the last. Uh, number of years and then of course knew it and became a significant problem himself um, yeah I think that's the case and I think uh, the Packers fans aren't really going to be standing for this for much longer given their high expectations which uh, the movie are going to have to temper regardless but I can't see Lafleur being the guy um, given how um, polarised their uh, fan base has become around them and we take a moment to appreciate how enjoyable it is that both Charles and Cameron's quarterbacks, after all they're bleating on about them, are not playing that well. It's quite enjoyable. 
I did mention last week that I didn't think Jordan Love was any good, but we shall see where that goes. Guys, I'm going to ask you that now we're almost more or less at the halfway point of the season. Which team has surprised you the most, good or bad? But before I do that, because I'll give you some time to think, question came in for Gordon McGuinness. Uh, Gordon, what's your pick for the Ravens game against the Seahawks next week, and why are you picking Seattle? Uh, I am picking the Seahawks and I am picking the Seahawks because anytime the Ravens have a close type game on paper, whatever I pick, it goes the opposite way. There we go. So get your money on the Seahawks. Uh, just following up from the coaching chat before we go to the good or bad, uh, Lorne Callahan, who pointed out that Dallas have been beaten by two teams who haven't won any other games. They're 0-8 since beating the Cowboys. Who do you expect to be the first coach to be given his P45? Could it be McDaniels tonight if they get horsed? In I still think still think it's way too early, but I think he's a candidate for first. Yeah, I think he will be the first right. Um, we had a question from Mark. Will the Giants' Scottish kicking team last the week? Jamie, I think you indicated Graeme Gano might be carrying an injury. They might have to shut him down. <clears throat> yeah, it's something they're looking at. But from now, they say that they're going to keep 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 running with him and, and and hope that he just manages to get through. As for Gillen, Gillen did not have a great game at the weekend, but uh, in general, um, he's been his, his numbers have been far far up from last year. So I, I think he's pretty safe unless he uh, takes a significant nosedive from here. So no, I don't I don't think so. You know, is a possibility if this keeps going for another couple of weeks that that, that he could um, take a wee bit of time off. Okay, guys, what team has surprised you, either good or bad, in the season so far? Any any takers for that question? I mean, I think I've, I've been... I mean, they're one and seven, but the Cardinals have been in more games than I expected them to be in. It's, it's the perfect way if you are a... If you're a team that is going through a rebuild, look sprightly, look feisty, but lose games. Uh, the Texans. Texans have been better than expected. Maybe, maybe it shouldn't be better than expected. Better than I expected anyway, but the coaching staff are doing well. Stroud's doing well. I feel like for the last three years, I thought that the Chargers were finally going to put it together, and they don't. But I'm not sure if that's a surprise because it's almost an expectation that they will not add up to the sum of their parts. Um, but it still surprises me. I mean, you know, putting, was it 30, 13 on the Bears yesterday, takes them to three and four, which which looks slightly better and, and, and kind of keeps them a little bit in the hunt. But just look at that roster and you think this should be better than that. Yeah, I mean, there's rumblings there, of course, of a potential coaching change as well. I think the Chargers are looking at the Jets, the Packers, uh, the Lions, the Ravens, Chargers and Broncos are the next six. So, I mean, there's certainly there's potentially wins in there. So, I mean, they could still turn it around. But mm -hmm. I think he, he is, I think he's a bit like Dennis Allen. I think he's playing for his job. If he can, you know, come through with a positive record and show something good, I still think Dennis Allen will, if he doesn't win the division, we'll go. Um, I think he's on the hot seat. So so that's potentially... Ian, is there a team that's caught your eye, good or bad? I think um, the, the Patriots in two and six, I don't think anybody expected that. I think people thought they would just kind of merge into average in terms of so well coached, good players at, at key positions on both lines, but quarterback play not inspiring. And them being at two and six is just not something that's really conceivable. A lot of people have started suggesting, is that, is that it for Belichick? Will he get fired? I think when you have 20-odd years of success like he had, you you build up a massive buffer with uh, ownership. But um, you also had the same scenario with Tom Landry in, in Dallas, where this legendary coaching figure eventually began to kind of peter out. And it's one of the first things that Jerry Jones had to do when he took over is he had to fire a legend in, in Tom Landry. So it's not infinite um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, well, you're you're not there to, for as long as you want to be there. You still serve at the pleasure of other people. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not, a, not, not an infinite grace period that Belichick has, but it's got far more of a grace period than... Um, anybody else in the NFL would, would ever have. Gordon, if we're looking at teams potentially like the Chargers, who've got great talent, 
but potentially, you know, they could sack their coach. Is Belichick an option? You know, would somebody take a chance on a coach like Belichick, given his rings, given the way he's, he's had success? The Chargers have tried what I would call two sexy appointments that haven't worked. You know, would, would a Belichick be a temptation for someone? Yes, but the bigger question would be, and, and I think it probably is quite a simple answer, would Belichick have any interest in another head coaching job? And I think the answer is probably not. So I think when he's done in New England, I think he's done. I don't I don't think he'd be tempted by the Chargers. Um, I think it's more likely the Patriots keep him around and he gets the chance to rebuild with another young quarterback than it is he goes anywhere else. So I just think it's an interesting one whether he just feels there might be one last hurrah, a chance for a change of scenery. You know, just to, you know, some, sometimes you need a little bit of revitalization. It you would know, certainly be an interesting one. The only way that would happen is if Belichick had complete and utter control over personnel. And I, I don't see any general manager bringing in somebody who will effectively bump them out of their job. So unless he accepts just a coaching position rather than the full front office oversight, then I, I don't think it would happen. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, the the last question from the the Patreons chat: Does anybody want to say anything nice about the Bengals? Because apparently nobody ever says anything nice about the Bengals. I think we already have, haven't we? It's just it's the same with the Bills chat, and this is that every fan base has this belief that no one believed in. Travis Kelsey did it with the Chiefs last year. No one believed in us. Like you've gone to. I don't know, three out of the last five Super Bowls, whatever it was. So every fan base has this inherent belief that the rest of the world doesn't quite believe in them. Uh, I think NFL Network analysts, I think it was just shy of half of them, picked the Bengals to beat the 49ers, and somehow that is being slept on. Like I, I said it earlier, the Bengals are absolutely a contender in the AFC. <laughs> Excellent. Ian, before I run through the team of the week, have you got any any idea who your offensive line was going to be? Yeah, I think it was the Commanders right up until the the, the last drive where uh, Hassan Reddick got a sack, but um, Commanders did actually play really well. Okay, so our team of the week, quarterback Dak Prescott, Jonathan Taylor at running back, Shahid Lam and Brown are our wide receivers, Kittle at tight end, and the Commanders O-line. That is your Stramash team of the week. Gents, we've got a few minutes left. Jamie's had to go, but just a quick look forward to the games that are coming up. Um, the Titans-Steelers for Thursday night football. There we go. I think we've discussed that enough. I'll be, funny, I'll be really interested to see how Levitt does in this one because it's a chance to go to play against you, a well-organised team in a short Are you day. calling him Levitt with a T at the end? I may well have done. But then again, I'm also preparing for so, uh, someone tomorrow. Someone has to mispronounce a quarterback's name every episode. Well, Levis, I beg your pardon. I'm looking at Dylan Levitt on my my sheet here for Hibs tomorrow night. You you preparing you preparing for uh, uh, so your preparation for a Hibs game means you've just Hibs it on the current piece of work that you're currently doing. Well, absolutely. But uh, I'm going to Hibs it around the world tomorrow. Because uh, I'm on the world feed for that game, so I'm currently looking at all sorts of notes. But will Levis? There's nobody in the rest of the world that want to watch Hibs, surely? Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, who are they, who are they playing? Ross County, big game. Oh no, Ross County, yeah, they're big team. <laughs> so, so there you go. I I think it'll be interesting how Levis does. You know, it, it'll be up against a decent defense. You know, in a hostile environment, and you know there is some interest in the game there. But we're, we are going to hear about Germany, 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 Germany. The Dolphins, Chiefs, two six and two teams. It does look like a a really tasty game. Two thirty kickoff GMT. Why can they never do that for London? Why can they never finagle it to get two kind of favourites for the Super Bowl over at the same time? It's just bias. <laughs> we didn't we didn't win we didn't win the war in nineteen eighteen just to allow Germany to get a better selection of games, let me tell you that. Gordon the Chiefs, I mean, can they go back to back defeats here? You know, if Patrick Mahomes isn't feeling great, he's got to travel. The Dolphins seem to be playing with a great deal of confidence. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean Mahomes being 
uh, healthy or not, I actually don't think is the sole dictator on whether or not the Dolphins can win this game. The Dolphins are more than capable of putting up enough points on their day to beat the Chiefs. That sounds like yeah. a really, really good nickname for James Brown, the sole dictator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vikings, Falcons, Seahawks, Ravens. So Gordon's already talked about the Seahawks potentially winning that. A couple of lesser games, Cardinals at the Browns, Rams at the Packers, doesn't look too exciting. Bucks at Texans, both three and four. A win could, you know, spur, spur you on a little bit. Commanders, Patriots, doesn't look great. Bears, Saints, it's not the best six o'clock slate uh, I think I've seen in a while, I have to be fair. The later games, Colts at Panthers, Giants at Raiders, and Cowboys-Eagles in a divisional matchup. And for some reason, it's live on the telly. Um, it's unusual for the NFC East to get a game live on the telly. Who the funk it? And it's on Fox, which means you're actually going to get uh, former Cowboys players commentating on a Dallas Philadelphia game. And is that an, an issue for you, or do you think they'll be able to carry it off? Well, it'd be nice if you could watch a game of football without a former Dallas player commentating on it, because that's all they ever get is just former Dallas players. Apparently, only former Dallas players have got opinions. <laughs> Aikman, Romo, Johnson, you'd written on for a while. It goes on and on and on. America's team, Ian. America's team. Is that the Eagles that give you the, the home advantage see you through, do you think? You never tell, really, when it's a Cowboys game. Um, fans are going to be up for it, I can guarantee that. Um, and it will be... It should be entertaining, it should be close. Uh, Bills Bengals is Sunday night football. That's pretty tasty. Uh, Monday night football. Well, I tell you what, if the Chargers Jets, the Jets could move to five and three with a win there. And Gordon, there's there's talk, you know, potentially they could get the quarterback back for the playoffs. Do you think that's realistic? Uh, by the playoffs, I think it's possible. Um, like we've seen players come back. Was it Cam Akers got injured in preseason and came back late in the year? So. It's definitely possible, and their defense is good enough. It, to be fair, that's probably been the biggest surprise of the season, is how good the Jets have been or how competitive the Jets have been in the wake of the Aaron Rodgers injury. Yeah, that's fair. It'll be interesting. I mean, I thought the coaching staff almost had that look of disbelief that they won the game the other day. I think they expected the Giants to take the fourth and one and go for it, and if that hadn't happened, they had to then drive up the full length of the field. So I just, yeah, there might be something about the Jets this year. Who knows? Who the knows? NFL, the NFL, have done a really good job this weekend, possibly by accident, of um, separating out free marquee games so that everybody can watch them. And the free marquee games, you would not be surprised if these were NFC or AFC Championship games, and the Dolphins, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, and Bills, uh, Bengals. They're like three of the best possible games you could get in the NFL. The only other team you'd maybe pitch in would be San Francisco, I would say. Yeah, that's fair. There's some some tasty stuff. You know what? I was watching Red Zone for a little while last night. I'm getting fed up of Red Zone. I'm actually much preferring just watching a game now. Is anybody else suffering from Red Zone fatigue? I find it easier the fewer games there are. So I, I think I've said this before, like when you have the, the early slate, I quite like having it in the background and watching the Ravens game on screen. When there's only like three games happening, I think Red Zone's pretty handy because you actually get like a lot more. But when you have the, the early slate this week was nine games. Yeah. And that's just, you're you're only getting snippets the whole way. You don't really get any kind of story. I, I don't know, just from a TV perspective, and, and it might just be me, I was watching the three games. I just thought some of the cuts between them are really clumsy. And I, I don't know whether it's less clumsy when you've got nine games and there, there's movement between them. It just seemed to be clumsy to me. And I'm just, yeah, because I, I eventually turned on Denver against Kansas to sit and actually watch that game because I thought it was the best one developing at the time. But hey, we'll see. Any other business before we call it a, a night here? Do one last check and make sure there's not been any trades while we're 
Yeah, well, and again, we'll just tell people we're recording this on Monday, uh, which is obviously earlier than we would normally do, and we may well, may well, might be trades that we say won't happen, will have happened by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith expects to announce week nine starting quarterback on Wednesday. Don't know why it would take him that long, of course. I mean, it's interesting. Taylor Heineke uh, replaced Desmond Ridder. How long are they going to go? with Desmond Ritter, and what potentially could you get out of Taylor Heineke? You should go with Ritter for the full season because you should figure out what you have. It's similar to the, the Kirk Cousins discussion earlier. Like, yeah. the Atlanta might get to the playoffs with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. They're not going to the Super Bowl with him. Play Desmond Ritter, find out what you have, and then you're in a better position to make a quarterback decision next year. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we will pass the contents of the podcast to our lawyers and we will see what makes it uh, to your podcast download or wherever you listen. But my thanks to Ian Stephen, to Gordon McGuinness and Jamie Borthwick. And if you didn't know it already, uh, Cameron is away becoming a Chiefs influencer. We may get him back at some point. But thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. And until the next time, bye for now. Oh, and before we go, because I forgot to do something Cameron told me to do, it's just as well I didn't completely finish. Uh, the brotherly shove, Ian, you mentioned it earlier, the tush-push, the brotherly shove. What we're looking for is for people to drop us a note of what their team would call that play, what would be a suitable name for the brotherly shove for all of the other teams. If you can think of one of those, please uh, drop us a note to the usual channels. It's going to be on the form for next week. What would you call the brotherly shove for your own particular team. Anything spring to mind for the Ravens, Gordon, off the top of your head? Uh, no, I was thinking for the 49ers, though. They could have a quarterback sneak where Brock Purdy gets the ball and then staggers about and then falls over the, the goal line, and it could be the Purdy's pished. <laughs> I, I would also like to say that I do not want any filthy-minded wags in our league leadership to suggest the Cleveland Browns with uh, their quarterback Deshaun uh, Watson under centre uh, having it called the back passes mashage. I do not want that at all. <laughs> and on that happy note, from Ian, from Gordon, from Jamie and myself, thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>